0: This week I'm going to be preaching on joy and peace. And so let's turn to Philippians 4. We're going to read verses 9, 4 through 9. And this is like a light verse that I really stand on. I think a lot of you guys may have this memorized. But um, it really brings me peace uh, in times of um, just anxiety and just kind of when things aren't going the way that uh, we want them to go. And so uh, I'll read it to you guys. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, uh, what you have learned <coughs> and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Uh, one of the basic understandings of Christianity is that uh, we learn that when we become of a believer, uh, we, learned, we know that um, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, Uh, Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. He he dwells in us. Uh, Ephesians 1.13, it says, In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. So when I was young, I saw, um, and in the way that it was kind of taught to me at church, it was that the Holy Spirit lives in us, and he's kind of like our ticket to heaven, that um, we have this spirit that dwells in us, Jesus is in my heart, um, and then we get to go to heaven. Um, but I know now, as I've uh, become you know, more uh, aware of who the Holy Spirit is, we know that he is in us, uh, but he is also at work in us. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, "Not to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. That power at work within us is the power of the Holy Spirit, um, the power of the Gospel, that that uh, changes us and transforms us. Um, and, he, and the Holy Spirit, He speaks to us, He guides us, He convicts us of our sins. You know, he, there's a we have power encounters with the Holy Spirit. You know, he, we feel His presence. Um, and one of the works of the Holy Spirit is growing in us the fruit of the Spirit. Um, now. You know, when I was younger, I also thought that they were fruits of the spirit, and we used to do these like activities where we cut out little fruits, and then we put them on our hearts, and then we would think like, you know, these things grow separately. But the fruit of the spirit is just one fruit, has aspects of that fruit within it. But um, there's this one fruit that he talks about, and it kind of grows, um, you know, as this fruit. And so, uh, meaning that if you if all things are going right, all of these things should be increasing at work with us. You know, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These things should be growing in us as we um, draw closer to the Lord and the Holy power of the Holy Spirit starts to do His thing in us. Now, um, when we look at the world, and when we look at um, the world devoid of the Holy Spirit, um, people can manufacture one or two or three of these characteristics in their lives. But usually, um, it's not all of them. And usually, it's at an expense of another. Uh, the world can manufacture a form of peace that's void of love and joy. You know, it's like, you know, how there's a lot of people out there, and they're just, they don't care. Right? They just, they don't care. Cynicism, um, you know, they're hipsters, and they just act like nothing matters. But <clears throat> they seem to be really at peace. There's a lot of people, you can't really, like, you know, like knock them off, you know, their peace. They just feel like just oh, they're always cool as a cucumber. But, you know, when you look at their lives, you know, you realize that they're, they're void of love and joy. You know, a lot of them, is they feel peace because they don't care. Um, they've grown ap- apathetic. You know, they their hearts have been hardened. Um, and so, there, you know, there's some people that look like they have all of the joy in their lives. You know, there's all these people that are just like super sanguine. They have joy. But a lot of times they don't have any peace. Right? They're going from one thing to another, trying to find that joy, or, or they don't have self-control. You know, They find joy in something or someone, and all of a sudden, they lose all self-control. Um, but the Holy Spirit is the only one that can develop all of these aspects of the fruit in us together, um, and and it's through His power. Now, this doesn't mean that we're all supposed to be there now. We're not supposed to be all like perfect and love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and all that good stuff. Um, is sanctification. So it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a lifetime. Um, and some, and we grow in in the Lord, and we'll see growth in these areas of our lives pertaining to the fruit of the Spirit. But um, we're not going to be perfect in all of these areas. Um, we might lack, you know, in certain areas, and that's how it is with the fruit. Like it doesn't mean that as Christians we don't struggle in areas of the fruit. Um, there will be areas that we're weaker at, and the two. Aspects that I want to talk about today, peace and joy. um, It's really easy for us believers to get knocked off of these areas. It's really easy for us to lose joy. It's really easy for us to lose peace at times. Um, And and why is that? Why is it that sometimes Christians are so easily uh, knocked off of our joy and peace? Um, You know, you're doing great. All of a sudden, you know, you know, like something happens and all joy is sapped out of you. Uh, you know, like you feel really at peace, and then all of a sudden something happens, or you know somebody says something, and all of a sudden you lose peace and you feel all anxious and fearful uh, and and you know even the greatest and the holiest of Christians experience this. Uh, almost all of the great Christian leaders and theologians of history, some of the greatest testimonies that are birth come out of people of God struggling and wrestling. Uh, With a lack of joy or a lack of peace. A great example is the prophet Elijah. You guys know about Elijah, and he does. You know, he's he's one of the top like members, top people in the in the Jewish you know like in the in the the Jewish people. They they see Elijah as one of the greatest men of their history, and he did amazing things. He like you know there's that one such that one account uh, in Kings where. Um, there's all of these prophets about there's like 450 prophets about and just just Elijah Elijah is the last of the the prophets of God and they have this contest where um you know they they say to get two bulls and cut them up and then the prophets of Baal you guys can you know there's 450 of you you guys can gather around the, your bull and and pray to your god pray to Baal and um ask him to consume your sacrifice and so they do they like all take off their clothes and they start whipping themselves and they start doing all these crazy things uh, so that they can uh, have the fire of Baal fall upon them, but nothing happens. And then Elijah comes and he does this amazing thing where he just pours water upon water upon water upon the bull that he has carved up. And then he prays to God and the fire of God comes down and consumes not just his sacrifice, but the sacrifice that um, the, the prophets of Baal put out and then all of a sudden pe- the people are they see the power of God and then they go and they just like kill all of the prophets of Baal. And after that Elijah does amazing things. They, they've been in a drought and he goes and he does something and then all of a sudden rain clouds form and it starts to rain. He does amazing things. He, the power of God is at work in his life. Um, and then all of a sudden there's this Jezebel comes. Um, he's the, the wife of King Ahab and then uh, one of the kings of Israel, and she's like, dude, I'm going to kill you. And all of a sudden, this great man of God who has these amazing testimonies, um, he runs away. He runs away to, uh, you know, and he like <clears throat> runs away to another mountain and he hides underneath this tree and he tells God, like, you know, kill me now, right? Like, he's like in this place of depression. He went from the highest peak of him being used powerfully by God. And all of a sudden, he just gets knocked off of this peace and joy. And he just like goes under a tree and he just wants to die. Um, and a lot of times we feel like this. A lot of times even Christians and people of God go through seasons like this. And, and I want to tell you uh, some reasons why we struggle in this area of peace and joy. And why it's so fickle in our lives sometimes. Why peace and joy uh, can be so wishy-washy. Right? I'm going to give you three reasons why we struggle in this area of peace and joy. Um, and, uh, and it happens to me a lot, too. It happens to me where, you know, where I feel all joyful, I feel all at peace, and then something will happen, and I just don't feel that anymore, and, and I have to struggle, and I have to kind of strive to get back into that place. The first reason is that peace and joy are the more emotional aspects of the fruit that develops in us. You know, you feel joy. You feel peace. You don't necessarily feel kindness and gentleness, These are more action-based, right? Like self-control is like action-based. You don't feel self-control, right? Um, And we can feel at control, but, you know, it's not so much emotion-based. It's it's in your control. Um, But you feel peace, right? Something that you enjoy in your emotions. You feel joy. Similarly with love, you feel love, right? And love can seem very fickle at times, too. And because we encounter peace and joy on an emotional level... It's easy for us to mistake true peace and true joy with the superficial feelings that we tend to identify them as. Uh, We start to turn our peace into a feeling, and we turn our joy into a feeling. And, and, you know, our feelings, our emotional, our human nature is part of our soul. Its emotions can run wild. The emotions go up and down. A lot of times we don't have control of our emotions and our feelings. And we mistake joy and ha- joy for happiness and peace for contentment. Okay. Uh, we forget that happiness is just what we feel when we get what we want, and contentment is also how we feel when things go our way. And we forget that true joy and peace is deeper than that. It's deeper on a foundational understanding. It's birth when we have a true encounter with the Person of Jesus Christ, and it's rooted in the Gospel. Uh, True joy is rejoicing, it's jubilation, it's an overflowing from deep inside, from an assurance that you have the only thing that truly matters in life. I remember first dating Mina. We started dating back in 2011, um, April 14th, I believe, or something like that. I remember uh, we started dating, and even after our first date, I knew that I was going to marry this woman, right? Um, we were gonna get married. I knew it right, and then uh, I believe she kind of figured it out on our third date or something. But about a month after we started dating, uh, it became clear to both of us that we were gonna get married. Right? We just became like it was just like super clear, like, yeah, we're gonna get married. I haven't proposed yet, um, you know, like we haven't even told anybody, but we kind of knew that we were gonna get married. And I remember having this joy, this amazing joy. And it wasn't based on emotion, right? Like I felt it in my emotion, but it was so much more substantial because it was based on a truth. It was based on this fact that Mina and I were going to get married, right? And true peace comes from that place. It's an assurance, a security, a certainty that comes from knowing what you have is all that you need. It's the ultimate example. Um, The ultimate example of joy and peace is the joy and peace that we have in Christ, Uh, True joy and peace can only come from the gospel of Jesus. It comes from the assurance of our salvation. It's so much more than a feeling, so much more than just emotions. But you know, it's easy for us to mistake it for emotions. What's the opposite of joy? It's not sadness, uh, you know, because the Bible tells us constantly that you can have joy in the midst of sadness. You can have joy even in the midst of suffering and persecution, times of grieving. Um, that we are still able to have joy. So it's not the opposite of joy is not sadness. Opposite of joy is hopelessness, It's not having anything to put our hope in. And the and the opposite of peace isn't like fighting and war. Um, it's fear and anxiety. The idea that what you're up against is greater and more powerful than what you have or what's on your side is unbelief. Right? And so the true, the source of our true joy and peace. Is in the place that brings the ultimate hope, ultimate security, ultimate acceptance, ultimate pers- per, uh, protection, ultimate provision, ultimate like love and, and compassion for us. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It comes from knowing that the gospel of Jesus Christ is true through faith, and it's the, it's the, the overflow of joy and peace that comes from that. But there are times where we'll lose sight of the deeper things of God. And we regress back to this place where we encounter um, these spiritual truth on such a superficial level, our emotional level. And it usually because we've lost sight of the source. Right? Um, and so we say, yeah, I feel joy, I feel peace, without really allowing the all-inspiring reality of the gospel to wash over our soul constantly. Right? And then we say, oh, I have peace, I have joy, I, l- I love, you know, all of these things. But they're on the superficial emotional level because we're not allowing the all-inspiring reality of the gospel of Jesus to really have that impact in our hearts, right? um, and they get replaced by emotions, and, and it gets replaced by feelings. And this leads me to my second point: is that um, is that that peace and joy seem to be so fickle in our lives is because when we see peace and joy, we see it on a On a circumstantial basis, right? When we see peace and joy on this uh, emotional level, it becomes circumstantial. Our circumstances start to dictate our lives of joy and peace. Um, When the things that you're, when things are going your way, we feel joy, right? I feel joy when things are going my way. When things are going your way, you feel at peace, right? You know, you get what you want. You get that job. You get that whatever that you need. And you feel cool. You feel like peace. You feel like ease. You know, you're like those, you know, those hipsters that everything's going their way. Everybody wants to be you. Everybody wants to be like you. You know, all of a sudden, yeah, it's, it's cool, right? Everything's cool. But then things stop going your way um, and circumstances start to change and you don't get that job. You don't get that promotion. You lose your job. You know, like you asked out that girl and instead of saying yes, she says, oh, you know, I really like you as a friend. I really like you as a brother. You know, when things like that happen and we get knocked off of our joy and peace is because, you know, the emotional aspect of our joy and peace has made it circumstantial. We feel like we've lost our peace and joy. um, And the reason is because we have actually drifted from the source of our peace and joy. We're looking at the circumstances. We're focused on the circumstances and not the source of our peace and joy. Uh, we've been focusing on the blessings and not the bless'er, focusing on what we can get from God and not God Himself. Um, you know, because God wants us to have blessings in our life. He wants us to experience pleasure. You know, when we think about it, God created sexual relations not just for procreation, but for us to enjoy pleasure in marriage. Right? It's like like the ultimate one of the ultimate pleasures of marriage is is sexual relations. Because God wants us to experience pleasure. He wants us to experience goodness and blessings, right? You know, we have pleasure senses in our brains and in our bodies so that we can experience goodness and pleasure. Like Friday night for Mina's birthday, she wanted to get these, like, expensive steaks. They were Wagyu. Um, and, and, you know, we had our praise team and media team over, Tiffany, Josh, and Molly, and and I I made the most amazing steaks that I think we've ever tasted in our lives. These steaks were amazing, right? Like it's just like this perfect combination of like I don't know, like you know, like fat and tastiness and saltiness is so good. And it just like melted in your mouth. Right. It was heavenly. And and, and we are able to experience that because God wants us to experience pleasure. He wants us to experience the blessings that we have in this world. And it's just a speck of what we will experience at the banquet table of the bridegroom when Jesus comes back. We just, what we experience here is just a small fragment of what we'll experience when the when the full impact of God's goodness and his amazingness, um, we experience it face to face. But God wants us to experience his pleasures. He wants to bless us. Right? It says in the Bible, if then, uh, who are, e- if you who are evil know how to give good, gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good, good things to those who ask Him? So God wants to bless us, but when we start focusing more on the blessing, um, on the things that we can get from God, and we start to lose sight of the blesser, the source, uh, and then that blessing, or whatever that is that God wants to, is supposed to give us, gets removed from our lives, um, you know, like we don't get that thing, we don't get that promotion, we don't get that job. Um, and, when we th- and the thing that we think that we need is not there. We start to fall apart because our focus and our hearts is not focused on the source. It's focused on the the material things that God has for us um, because we haven't been going to the source. The peace and joy that we have um, become circumstantial is because we've been looking at the things that are given instead of the given. And so we lose sight of the giver. We lose sight of the source. But true peace and joy can only come from the source. All right, true peace and joy can only come from the source of the one that wants to give us everything. And so we have to be connected to the source. And then my third point on why our joy and peace can be so fickle in our lives is that we have the wrong expectations going in. Sometimes expectation is everything. Um, when I was young... Um, I don't know if you guys know, but my mom worked at a sock factory for like five years, right? All we had in in our sock well, we didn't even have a sock drawer back then, right? All we had in our drawer that was filled with all our clothes were socks that were mismatched, right? Because she would get the irregular socks from her sock factory, and this was back in the '80s when um, you had those long tube white socks with the stripes on it. Remember, right? They were like you know blue stripes or red stripes and. But all of my stripes never matched up, right? Like some of them would be too fat. Like there'd be three stripes and two of them would be fat and one of them would be skinny, right? And they were all like kind of like, you know, different lengths. And so uh, all of my socks growing up, we had all these irregular socks that my mom would get from the sock factory. But um, one of these day, one day my mom came home with like a pack of socks from Target, right? And, and it was like all like, like perfect, right? Every sock matched. And, and they were all the right colors. And I, like, I've like never been so excited to get socks in my whole life. But you take those same socks and you gift wrap them and you give them to me on Christmas. Now I would have been angry, right? Like, you know, I'd be like, get those socks out of my face. I don't want socks for for Christmas or my birthday, right? And it's because of the expectation. You expect something different on your birthday. You expect something, you know, better on on you know on christmas and and expectations make all the difference a lot of times when people become christians um, you know they go in with the wrong expectations people talk to them too much about the wrong expectation we think everything's going to be like amazing right like you know, everything's going to be like so good and so you know like honky dory and you know nothing bad's going to go our way but we fail to realize that when we chose christ as lord we instigated a fight we started a fight. We started a fight with a bunch of forces that are all of a sudden want to mess us up. Romans five ten tells us that we you know, when we are saved we become friends of God. That we uh, like no Romans five ten tells us that at one time we were enemies of God. We had enmity with God and we were against God, but when we were saved that through the blood of Jesus Christ and putting our faith in him, we become friends of God. That's in John fifteen fifteen, right? And so, when we became friends of God and this transaction happened, we provoked the fight with the dark forces, the demonic forces, all of a sudden, that are bent on our destruction. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, right? He didn't, he didn't care when we weren't saved, right? Some of you guys that got saved later in life, right? This devil didn't care about you when you were not saved because you were enjoying life the way that he wants you to enjoy it, right? You just keep doing what you're doing, right? I mean, he wasn't concerned with you, but when you got saved, it was game on, right? He got—he's like now he wants—he has to get at you. you know? And sometimes people don't have this expectations that there's this warfare out there, spiritual warfare. You know, he wants to rob us of our joy and peace because when we no longer feel have that joy and peace in our hearts, it makes us more susceptible to his other attacks. So not only do we have the devil. That wants to kind of mess with us. We have the world around us that's like constantly going against the things of God to distract us, to pull us away from God's truth and to pull us away from God's, um, his 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 ways and his word. And then we have our flesh, our our sinful desires that that uh, you know that where we want things my way, we want things our way, you know, not God's way. Right? Like it's the fleshiness that's in us that continues to you know. Uh, Attack us and continues to pull us away from the things of God the world our flesh and the devil is warring against us That's what we entered into when we became saved That's what happened when we got saved. We have these forces something now want to take our joy take our peace And we have to know this we have to go in with the expectation that this is the way that it's supposed to be and I don't mean to be a bummer I'm not here to freak you out and get you all scared and anxious Because I say all this to point you to the source, right? To Him who is stronger and more powerful than anything else in this universe. To the source that has the true peace and the true joy. If you go to the source, none of these things that are out to get you can get you. None of these things that are out to get you can kind of knock you off of your joy and peace because you are connected to the source. You see, the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? And it protects us. His peace is our shield. Right? Psalm seven: the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him and He helps me. My heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise Him. Right? And the enemy wants to knock these weapons out of our hands, or the weapons of, work, of the joy of the Lord, right? And, 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 and the peace of God that, that is going to protect us from the things that are out to get, get us Right? The enemy wants us to knock those weapons off of our hand. Joy is a weapon, right? The joy of the Lord is our strength. It protects us, right? And when we don't have an expectation of this, of this warfare that's out there to steal our joy and steal our our peace, when we get attacked in our joy or when we get attacked in our peace, it starts to devastate us, right? And we get all messed up and we start to think all these different ways and we start to get all fleshly. And we want to do things our way and we still get the results that we want. But we have to expect it. And, and one of Satan's goals as the accuser, his name is the adversary, right? He's the accuser. It's like in a court of law. He'd be like the prosecution. And one of Satan's goals is to rob us of that joy and peace through his accusations and his lies. He's out to tell us that, you know, to make us doubt our salvation, to make us... You know, lose our assurance of salvation. He wants us to doubt God's love for us. And so, you know, he'll lie to us like, you know, you call yourself a Christian and you do this. Or you call yourself a Christian you act like that. And then he start. we start to get knocked off of our joy and our peace. And, and he's going to lie to deceive you as much as he can to make you doubt the power of the gospel at work within you. The power of the Holy Spirit that is at work within you. This joy and this peace that that the world can't take from you, is in you through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? But He wants you to think on this superficial level of emotions and, and all of the things that, that you know, that's so fickle in our lives and so wishy-washy. But you have to understand, joy and peace are powers that are in you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and when we continue to go to the source, when we continue to go to the one that is the source of that joy and is the source of that power, right? We start to joy. It stops being superficial. It stops being fickle. It stops being just this emotional layer that's on us that just falls off as soon as something comes our way. Peace stops being this emotional level that's on us. This this film of peace that just gets washed off every time we just something happens in our lives. It gets rooted in the center of who we are because we're going to the source and we have true joy and peace in us. Now. I want to close with this, and I want to go back and read Philippians 4, verse 4 once again. I'll read it to you guys. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth, worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned, you and received, and heard, and seen in me, practice the thing, these things, and the God of peace will be with you. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. When Paul repeated his, his this, this over... The word rejoice, it wasn't to like sound um, like you know more profound or sound more poetic. You know, it's like very catchy. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. It's a song that we sing, um, but he repeats it to accentuate his point. He repeats it because it's so important right, to rejoice. It says rejoice in the Lord, rejoice in the Lord, not on his blessings, not on the good things that are going your way. Rejoice not on the things that. That you want and you've received. Learn to rejoice in the Lord. Go to Him. Rejoice in Him. Rejoice in His Word. Rejoice in His presence. Rejoice in worship. Rejoice in the person that is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's going to the source. So many times we rejoice in the Lord's provisions. We rejoice in what God has done for us. We rejoice in what God gives us. We rejoice in His blessing. And so... You know, all we're focusing on are the things that we have in our lives and the things that we have um, going on. And and as soon as those things change, and it's not a bad thing to be thankful to God for what he gives us. I'm not saying that, you know, like just like, oh, God, you know, don't give me these things. But I'm saying don't just don't learn to just only rejoice in his blessings, but rejoice in him. Rejoice in the source of all these things. We need to learn to connect to our Lord and Savior. And we need to look, connect with Him on this level where we're, we're, we're going to, to Him and saying, God, I want more of you. I don't want more of just your blessings. But so many times, this is me, right? When I go to God, it's like, God, I, I want this. You know, God, you know, like I go to Him in prayer, and I'm like, God, please allow this to happen to our church and allow this to happen to, you know, in our family. And so we're constantly going to God, but it's not to the source. We're going to God for the blessings. We're trying to move His hand. And we're not trying to seek His face, right? We're trying to seek His hand and get Him to do something for us. But we're not seeking His face. But you know that true joy and peace can only come when we seek His face. When we seek to learn, like, God, who are you? God, like, you know, like, I want to know more of you. I want to know you. And, and that's what it is to rejoice in the Lord. Not just rejoice in the things that come from Him. And and the, and the next question is when? You know, Rejoice when? When times are good? When things are going your way, when, you know, like, you know, when you get that promotion, when you, you know, get, yeah, you, we rejoice when good things happen, right? You no, know, when, like, you know, when, when on Mina's birthday, we rejoice, you know, when our kids do something great, we rejoice, right? Rejoice in the, but, but that's not all the times that we're supposed to rejoice. Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, always. And, and this is how we block the fiery arrows of the devil, right? You have to learn about this word always, always. You know, I like to run, but only when the conditions are perfect, right? Right now, I have a gym membership, right? And I've been going a lot, not a lot, but I've been going on a regular basis, but I usually go when conditions are really good, like when the weather is not too hot or when the weather is not too cold, um, when I'm well-rested, when I don't feel sleepy, when I, you know, had a great cup of coffee and, you know, when my... When I'm not too hungry or too full, you know, like has to be like this perfect condition for me to go and run, right, at the gym, you know, and so that's why I look the way that I do now, but when I was training for a marathon, back when I was dating Mina for a year, I, I started to train for a marathon because I was all depressed that this girl dumped me, right, and, and then and then so I, I I started to train for over a year, I trained for this marathon, right, and then um, when I was dating me and me and I had lost all this weight I mean, I want if you guys ever come to our house, I'll show you our wedding videos right like we I just recently discovered that we had them and so we were watching them I look so great I'm like so I, like, I look so good right and and the reason was is because I was running five times a week right five times a week right usually you know Monday Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I ran almost every day. And whether it was cold outside, whether it was in the, you know, dead of winter and so, and it was snowing, I would still run. And whether it was like hot, you know, Seoul in the summertime is super hot. Didn't matter how good I felt or how bad I felt. I was in the zone where I ran constantly, right? Every day. I had all this free time. So I was just running every day. It day. Didn't matter what the situation was like. And I looked amazing, right? I'll show you guys a video someday, right? I look so good, right? And and this is what Paul is talking about when we're rejoicing in Jesus, when we're rejoicing in the Lord. It's always, it's not when we're feeling good, it's not when we're feeling good about ourselves or when things go our way. It's, it's rejoicing in Him in the good times and the bad times. And even those mundane moments of our lives where we're just kind of boring. You know, like those days when we're washing the dishes. You know, those days where we're just, you know, like, doing shopping, whatever. Every moment of the day, every moment of our lives, we're to rejoice in Him. Right? To stay out of this complacency, stay out of this superficial understanding of joy and peace, we need to rejoice in Him always. Right? And and to rejoice in who? The source. He's the source. He's the giver. You know? and, and when always. Right? We have to practice this. When times are good, when times are bad, or just whatevers, we have to learn to rejoice in the Lord. Right? And and the next, it says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. I've always wondered what this meant. Let your reasonableness, reasonableness be known to everyone. And I, re, I interpret this as, don't freak out. Right? Be reasonable, right? Just be like level-headed. Right? In the Greek, it's epiakes, and it means mild, gentle moderation patient right it means like when things go wrong or when things go good or whatever don't freak out right just be be calm because the Lord is at hand the Lord is with you don't be anxious right when when, when things don't go don't go where we be reasonable know that God is with you things aren't always going to go the way that you expected there there's that expectation right things are going to be really bad sometimes. Some Things are going to be great sometimes. But be reasonable. Don't freak out. Expect it. Expect these fluctuations. And then he tells us to do what? He tells us to, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If you want to guard your peace and if you want to guard your joy, you have to be praying. You have to develop a prayer life. Right, you need that connection with God, with the Source, and you can't. This is not something that can be faked. Right, I've have tried to fake it in my life, and I freak out every time something weird happens. Right, you can't fake this. You have to have a connected prayer life with Jesus. Right, especially when the enemy is out to throb you of your joy and throb you of your peace. You got to be prayed up. You got to have this connection with God where you're praying. Right, and and. And this is my last point, and I think the most important is this: is that it says that, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So, thanksgiving before you ask or get anything. right? So, what does that mean? Is it like you know when you text somebody and say, you know, like, hey, Melvin, uh, can you help me uh, move this weekend? Thanks in advance, Caleb. Right. You know, like you're asking for a favor and you're just saying, like, thanks in advance because I know you're going to do it, right? Is that, is that what this means? And, I, and it's so much more than that, right? When we pray with thanksgiving, right, whether it's happened or not, it's something that we fundally, fundamentally have to understand, right? It's putting into God's hand your request in faith. Thanking him that whether he grants it or not, whether he does it or not, whether now or later or never, right? You give thanks to him because you know that whatever he does in response to this request is good. It's perfect. It's his perfect will for your life. Right? This is what it means to pray in thanksgiving. Even if he gives you the opposite of what you ask for, right? And you don't like it at first, you don't you know you don't have to like it, but you thank him because you trust that that's what you, he wants for your life. And 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 it's this thanksgiving and that you you present this request to God, you present this this supplication, this thing to God, right? And you're saying, God, please I, I like can you bring this into my life? But you do it in Thanksgiving where you're like, God, whether it happens or not, whether you give it to me or not, whether You know, happens now, happens in the future, or never happens, right? I thank you that this is the perfect thing that you have for me. That's what it is to pray in thanksgiving. And that's where the peace comes from. That's where the gospel gets established in your heart. That's where when you're praying and when you continue to pray in this way, when you pray from a place of thanksgiving, right, and you you pray to God and you commit it into his hand, you can have peace. I know a lot of Christians that pray, but they still feel anxious, right? They're like, dear God, please bring me this because I really want it really bad. And, and if you don't, I'm going to be all sad and I'm going to be all like angry or whatever. And so please bring me this into my life. In Jesus name we pray, amen, right? Then they after the prayer, they still feel anxious, right? They still feel that anxiety. They still feel that like the lack and the, and the wantingness in the heart. They, they still feel anxiety and fear and all of that thing. They don't feel joy and peace in their prayers because they haven't done it from this place of true thanksgiving where you're thanking God. You're like, God, I I, re- I give you this supplication. I give you this praise and I give you this request. But I do it with thanksgiving, knowing that whether it happens or not, I'm able to commit it into your hands. And I trust that it is in your hands and I trust that you will do as you please and as you will. You know what? When you pray that way, you are able to have true, true peace in your heart, and you're able to have true joy. Right? You know that you're able to have a joy and a peace that circumstances does not dictate. Right? It's not dictated by circumstances. It's not dictated by, you know, whether it happens or not. But it's you have a peace and joy that's rooted in the source. It's rooted in the place and in, in, in the one that um, is the giver of all things. Right? This is that peace that Paul talks about, is that surpasses all understanding, transcends all understanding. You don't have to understand. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. And uh, and I finally love the last passage, the last part of that. It says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard seen and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. He's saying don't wallow, don't let your head remain in the funk. Don't let don't have a pity party, right? But start setting your mind on the amazing things of God. Right? Things that are excellent, things that are worthy of praise in your life. Testimonies that God has been writing in your life, right? The the, the blessings and the good things that that God has been doing, and set your minds on those things. Whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, right? Set your minds on those things, and then the peace of God, the joy of God, will be with us, and we'll be able to find that peace and joy that that we have in Christ Jesus. Right? That last that last part where he talks about all of these amazing things, like set your minds on these things. He's saying. That we are to be an optimist. Don't let your mind wallow in the what if not. Don't let your mind wallow in the the what if what if this what if not like what if this doesn't happen what if I don't have this what if I lack this, but allow it to go to what is possible with God. By nature, I'm a pessimist a lot of times because I I I get really annoyed because Mina is such an optimist right especially. With like, you know, godly spiritual things. She's such an optimist, right? But I, I like I know I, by nature like by nature, my natural inclination is to be a pessimist. You know, I'm always like, oh like when something happens, I think the worst scenario, right? But when we are in Christ Jesus, when we are when we have the Spirit of God at work within us, by nature, all Christians should be optimists. Why? Because we have God. We have a God that can do all things, we have a God with him all things are possible. But not only that, we have a God that loves us. We have a God that is for us. We have a God that cares for us and, and accepts us and, and 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 is for us and is so close to us. And he wants to bless us. He wants to, to fill us with his presence. He wants to fill us with his joy and peace. And so by nature, all Christians should be optimists. Right? And when we when we seek the things of God, when we seek the source, right? When we seek the source. You know, uh, uh, the 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 blesser and not the blessing, right? the source of the blessing and not just the things that he gives. Right? We're able to connect with him, and on that level, we're able to have this joy and have this peace that the world cannot knock off from us. Right, no, no matter what happens, because we're connected to the source. But you know, we become pessimistic. When we're focused on the things that God gives us, we become pessimists. Right? We're always like, "Oh, what if I don't have this?" Or like, you know, like I lack this in my life, right? You know, some of us, like you guys want to be married and you guys aren't married. That you guys are like, "Oh, I, I lack a husband. I lack a wife." You know, I don't have this. We, when we focus on the things, the blessings, we become pessimists. But when we focus and we connect to the source, we become optimists. Right? We become the ones. That we know that we have a God that can do anything, and we have a God that is for us and loves us so much. And so, I want to encourage you guys throughout this time, throughout this season. You know, whether you are know, in this place where you might you know you might have lost your joy and you might have kind of lost your your peace at times. I encourage you to connect to the source, connect to the blesser, connect to the to the one that is the source of all of the blessings. Right, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. right? And I want to encourage you guys to find that joy, find that peace that the world can't take from you as you continue to, to connect to the source and the blesser of all things. Let's pray. All right. Good to see everyone. Have a great week. We're going to probably do this for one more week. And so join us. Hey, Morgan. Good seeing you guys. Bye.